0: When your favorite football team resumes OTAs today on the South Side, Mitch Trubisky will be the starting quarterback. When your favorite football team begins mini camp, training camp, preseason, Mitch Trubisky will be the starting quarterback. When your favorite football team runs out of the tunnel at Paul Brown Stadium, Mitch Trubisky will be the starting quarterback. So why not just say so? Good morning to you. Good. Tuesday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. I hope you had a safe, healthy, and happy Memorial Day weekend. It's nice to be not only back doing the show after taking the holiday off yesterday, but also to be back covering the football team, as I will, later this morning. There are still all kinds of unresolved questions, all kinds of little things to observe, all kinds of questions to ask when I get into the locker room, but not about the quarterback position. Not one about the quarterback position. There's no suspense, there's no drama, and there's no mystery. Mitch is the guy. That comes not only from what's been shown and confirmed on the fields. It comes from talking to people in the locker room, talking to people behind the scenes, and this is the way it's going to be. And I've said all along, I'm okay with that. I believe that this is the best choice with which to open the 2022 season. Mitch is a four-year NFL starter. One of those saw him go to the Pro Bowl. Two of those amazingly saw him take Chicago, of all teams, to the playoffs. And by all accounts, he was able to get sufficiently de by the time he got to Buffalo and spent a year there as Josh Allen's backup. He's the right guy at the right time. And I've got no doubt within that that Kenny Pickett will have his time as well. But to throw Kenny out there right away when he's not only learning the offense, he's learning the league. And not that I think you should make this type of decision based on the schedule structure, but if you look at the Steelers' early season schedule, it is a challenge. If you're going to invest a draft pick this important at your most important position in a player like Pickett, put him into a position to succeed. Heck, put the whole team into a position to succeed. If Mitch is your starter and Mason Rudolph's your backup, you're taking the football field with two guys who've been out there, two guys who've been in the NFL, two guys who, you know, aren't going to get blown away by either the overall experience, the caliber of defenses, the sophistication of the calls and the disguises that are happening against him, and the way this generally works in the NFL anyway, if one of those two goes down and you have to come up with a longer-term solution, that's when you start thinking about Pickett. Now, I don't expect to get anywhere near universal agreement on this particular stance. However, however, I'm going to repeat the original position stated, and that's that just go ahead and say it. There's no reason to keep this a secret. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how You'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Now, for anyone who missed this a few days ago, I did ask Mike Tomlin, knowing full well what kind of answer I'd get, what he thought of the quarterback competition and whether or not he's currently operating with one of them as the default starter. No, we're just working right now, teaching and learning. Uh, There'll be plenty of time for that. I understand the nature of your question. Right. uh, But nobody's going to win a job or lose a job out here in shorts in May. So um, pardon me if I don't give you what you're looking for. You betcha. Like I said, exactly the answer I was expecting, which might actually disappoint him if you could tell from his tone there. Look, I'm not going to make a big stink out of this. I don't believe it's a huge deal whether or not we in the public or the media or whoever knows who the number one quarterback is. It does, however, matter to the players and to the coaches. Now, judging from a couple of the players that we've talked to, they already know. So that's a big, big part of the battle. The coaches absolutely know. But from the public slash media standpoint, let me at least throw this out there. If I'm Mitch Trubisky, I want to be able to carry myself as the number one quarterback in dealing with the public and the media between now now and when they do run out of that tunnel at Paul Brown Stadium. I want to be able to say, hey, this is my football team, this is my offense, and not worry about stepping on the other quarterback's toes or sounding like I'm taking a shot at the pit kid who just showed up and everybody loves him. Do you see what I'm saying? Why should Trubisky have to operate on eggshells, basically? I had a good talk with Mitch after one of those practices last week and you can tell he's enjoying himself. You could tell that he's appreciating where he is and the opportunity that he has in front of him. So believe me, I'm not throwing this out there as some sort of, you know, relay man passing on his disgust or anything crazy like that. He's fine. I just think it would help the overall situation. And look, what's the worst thing that can happen? Let's say that the Steelers go into Latrobe and Mitch is just a complete mess. All right. He's misfiring all over the place, didn't do his homework, uh, doesn't really seem to be grasping the nuances of the Matt Canada offense. And he's being legitimately outperformed by either Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett. Possibly even both. What's the worst thing that happens in that event? You say, hey, son, we gave you a shot here, but you're killing us. And then he's not the default number one anymore. Not the end of the world. Not the end of the world. Reopen the competition. When we come back, just one question. Mother's Day is around the corner. Not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mike'sbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And our J1Q comes from Chris Abbott in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Chris asks, "Hey DK, what did you think of Omar Khan's press conference? Putting his resume aside." I was left doubting whether he had the personality needed to be a leader capable of upholding the Steelers' way. It's not that a GM needs to be great on camera, but his let's-get-it line to Mike Tomlin felt forced. He struggled to define what a Steelers-type guy was when he was asked, and his non-answer to what he brings from a football perspective, seemed like he was both uncomfortable owning his own skill set and acknowledging his shortcomings, which is a dangerous combination for a leader in any field. Am I being too hard on the guy for his first press conference? Well, Chris, um, yeah, probably. And I say that because it was his first real press conference. Now, all of us, at different points in the 20 years that Omar has been around, have interviewed him and asked him questions, usually not on the record. It's usually more informal. It's, hey, Omar, what's going on with this or this? So the setting is going to be a lot less intimidating than this one. For anyone who didn't see the press conference, and I was there covering it. In fact, I asked one of the questions that Chris here referenced as having made Omar uncomfortable. It was held in the Steelers media room on the south side, which is a formal setting. There's a podium and he's got Art Rooney flanking him. He's got Tomlin over to his right. He had his family right behind him. And unlike, you know, when these people get introduced to like, uh, other employees in the building, everyone cheers and it's all you know very happy and you come into a room of reporters we're not cheering we're we're there to do work you know it's a professional setting so he's probably wondering what are they going to ask what's this going to be are they going to ask me about Brandon Hunt who I know for a fact is leaving for the Eagles later in the day what's going to happen and he yeah he he looked he looked a little uptight his answers were as i noted In my coverage, about 12 to 17 seconds long each, when I asked Omar about being the cap guy, or at least being seen as the cap guy, rather than for his football acumen, well, here, I'll just play it for you. Here's my question and his answer. You're known mostly as kind of like the cap guy. It's, it's, It's pretty much how the public has known you for a while. What do you bring to this job, including from a football capacity? Yeah, look, I can tell you that from the first day I was uh, I started here in Pittsburgh, it's been all about football and building a, a uh, championship roster here. And I, I learned that from day one, and that's not going to change. Not much there, huh? So not coincidentally, I think a couple of questions later, someone else asked him a follow-up that was basically the exact same question in attempting to get an actual answer from him. Now, how important is it? To get to your main point here, for a GM to be the visible-slash-vocal face of the franchise, well, the obvious answer to that is that he's not, and he won't be. That's Tomlin. That's Tomlin 100%. And in fact, if Khan follows the Kevin Colbert uh, route map all the way through, then he'll also adopt Colbert's policy that, once the season starts, Only Tomlin speaks for the organization. There are no interviews with the GM. There's no interviews with uh, Mr. Rooney, except for extraordinary occasions. So it won't matter that much, certainly not in season. But here's where it will, and this is important because I know for a fact that behind the scenes, Colbert was way more involved in dealing with culture issues and players that he felt weren't either performing or behaving in a manner that suited this franchise. And he was not nice about it. He was not the happy old uncle working the grill on Memorial Day that Colbert appears to be to the rest of us. He lived and breathed in his tenure as GM, the Steelers brand and what it meant to be a Steeler. You and I didn't see that firsthand. I only heard about it, but I heard about it often secondhand, but it was real. And to whatever extent, the GM in this scenario is responsible for upholding That I'm trying to avoid the word standard here because of the Tomlin cliche, but okay, the standard. Then Omar's going to have to be that guy, and he's going to have to show a side of his personality that we most certainly didn't see in that press conference. But no, to swing way, 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 way back to the beginning here, no, give the guy a break on his first press conference after getting the job of his life uh, and in that setting. He'll only get more comfortable as time goes along i appreciate the question it was a terrific one i appreciate everyone listening to daily shot of steelers we'll do another one tomorrow